Well, hey, friends, welcome to Monday, April 17th, and thanks for joining me on today's episode of Enough for Today. We had a great weekend at Emmanuel, so very thankful. Um, wonderful spirit in church yesterday, great worship. We opened John 13, we finished John 13. One more chapter uh, is complete. We're moving on to chapter 14. One of the greatest chapters in all the Bible is just ahead. So if you did not get to catch yesterday, I hope you will. John 13 is just so intimate, and it's Jesus teaching his disciples. He's washing their feet. They're arguing about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Um, Judas is planning his betrayal. Jesus then ends by teaching them to love each other, and that's what we talked about yesterday. What is this kind of love? Where does it come from? And how does it really change our lives, who we are, how we relate to others, and why is that so important? Uh, so you'll enjoy yesterday's message. If you did not get to see it, it will go live tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern uh, on the Monday Night Rewind and also always on the archive and the podcast. So join me this morning in Psalm 76, and we'll spend uh, just a few moments looking at uh, the rest, the last verse of Psalm 76, and then tomorrow we move on to, I believe it's Psalm 77. In fact, while I'm thinking about it, let me just take a look. I've been keeping a record of uh, how we're tracking through the Psalms, and I can tell you very quickly where we are starting tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be in Psalm 77. Actually, we got a, ru- we got a clear runway all the way to Psalm 84. We've done 84 and 85, so we've got about the next, what, uh, eight or nine Psalms, um, and... Uh, We'll just keep pressing through. I'm thankful for every opportunity we have to open God's word together and uh, have so enjoyed. This has been a transformational effort. Uh, Just going through the Psalms, literally almost word for word, word by word, phrase by phrase, verse by verse. And so if you're new, joining us on the journey, we're three years in. We've come through nearly 100 Psalms. We're pretty close to that. And um, we're just going to keep going all the way till the till we finish the book. I'll tell you the one that's really intimidating me though is Psalm one nineteen. Uh, that's a pretty long chapter, and uh, and so we might we might spend quite a bit of time there. Hey, look at this. This Psalm seventy six was remember the Assyrian defeat. God swept in and wiped out one hundred eighty five thousand soldiers overnight um, under the command of of uh, of the general. Reb Sheka, I think was his name, and the king, Sennacherib, who had been just defying God. The context of the psalm is what gives it such depth and beauty. God absolutely wiped them out in one night, and Sennacherib went back home with a very small entourage of people uh, to grieve his losses. God did this, and it reminds us, psalms like this remind us that while evil seems to be powerful and loud and raging and, and exceedingly wicked and only growing more so, and it is in the world around us, the world's getting worse and worse. It's plain to see. Our nation is getting worse and worse. That's plain to see. Um, <clears throat> but God says there is a limit, and they'll only go so far. And the wickedness of leaders, the wickedness of politicians, the wickedness of lawbreakers and, and those that are defiling um, the name of God and and challenging the name of God and scorning his realities, his truths, his values in the highest places. They can only go so far. Um, They can go as far as 
He allows them to go temporarily, and then they will be cut off. They'll be cut down. So we studied verse 11 on Friday. Vow and pay unto the Lord your God. Let all that be around him bring presents unto him that ought to be feared. It's a celebratory vow. We talked about that. It's a free will. God's been so good to us. We must celebrate him. We must, um, we must covenant ourselves to him. He's just that wonderful. Now look at verse 12, and the psalm ends here. He shall cut off the spirit of princes. He is terrible to the kings of the earth. Terrifying, full of terror to those who go against him. He shall cut off the spirit, the haughtiness, the scorn, the rebellion, the defiance, the pride, the uplifted, God can't touch me attitude. He shall cut off the spirit of princes and he is terrible to the kings of the earth. Now, a couple of things I want to say about this verse. First, that uh, these people are celebrating this in retrospect. So what are they doing? Um, they're playing forward future situations in which poster- posterity will face maybe similar situations where they'll feel overwhelmed, overcome by evil, powerless against some oppressor, powerless against um, evil lawmakers and diabolical schemes, and on and on we could go. And so they're saying, look, we're celebrating this moment of, of divine, miraculous intervention and victory, and this is who God is. This is what he will do in your life, in in your time, in your future, he will end up victorious. He will triumph. He'll end up on top, even when it seems like he's losing. It might look like he's nailed to a cross, but pretty soon he's going to be breaking out of an empty tomb. Um, He shall cut off the princes, and he is terrible to the kings of the earth. I love what Albert Barnes, I love Barnes' notes on the Old Testament and New Testament. Those are great help. He goes phrase by phrase. And he's, here's what he says. That is, he shall cut off the spirit of princes. He says he will cut them down and cut their pride down. He will break them down. Um, he is terrible to the kings of the earth when they are arrayed against him. Here's what it means. And he has five, six things he says. Number one, they are wholly under his control. Number two, he can defeat all their plans. Number three, he can check them whenever he pleases. Number four, he can and will make their plans, even their wrath, the means of promoting or carrying out his own good purposes. Number five, he will allow them, allow them to proceed no further in their plans of evil than he can make subservient to the furtherance of his own. I love that. Number six, he can cut down the most mighty of them at his pleasure and destroy them forever. So my friend, when you we're on Monday now, it's a new week ahead of us, and like you this week, I'm going to hear the bad news and Scroll the media stream and see how the world is melting down again and see the terrible things that happened this weekend and more terrible things will happen this week across our country and across the world. Um, and m- much of it will just be the, not, not the result of natural disasters or unfortunate situations. It will be the result of, of, uh, of, of Satan. It'll be the result of outright rebellion against God and a culture that rejects him wholly. So what do we feel? When we see these things, how do we respond? How do we frame our hearts? We remember that God lets this go only so far. It'll go only so far as he allows. He can change it in a moment. And through it, he is working exceptionally good outcomes. He is fulfilling his mighty 
mysterious, eternal purposes. Jesus in John 13 said, I'm about to be glorified. God's about to be glorified. Together we are being glorified in each other. Why was he saying that? Because in a few hours he's going to be hanging on a cross. The disciples are going to be totally perplexed and he wants them to think against, against the reality of their own eyes. He wants them to remember Jesus. He said this was glorifying. This is somehow going to result in the glory of God. So my friend, go out today and live in the glory of God. Live for the glory of God. Glorify him in your life. And know that whatever's unfolding in in your situation or around you, it is on a road that leads to God's ultimate glory. So happy Monday, and I'll see you tomorrow.